This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 64-inch. On this week's episode, we interviewed Lisa R. Stefanik, the UHF actress who portrayed Phyllis Weaver, the contestant on Wheel of Fish. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Our UHF celebration continues this week with Wheel of Fish, and we'll get to that later. But how much fun was it talking to those two guys from the Gandhi 2 skit last week? I had so much fun learning about Alan and Andy. They just had such amazing stories about working on UHF. And then their other activities and and hobbies were just so amazing. I actually heard from Alan afterwards about how much he loved the episode. And while I had him on the phone... I asked him about breaking his foot. Remember in Andy's interview, he mentioned that Alan broke his foot. Yeah, during the fall from the Cooney's karate studio, one of the takes, Andy said that Alan broke his foot. But then Alan said nothing about it during our interview with him. So I said, <laughs> hey, you know, you heard the episode. You heard, you know, Andy's interview. What is the story with that? Did you actually break your foot? He's like, yeah, I forgot to tell you guys. <laughs> I guess when he jumped out the window, one of the times his foot landed on one of those big shards of sugar glass and it gave him a hairline fracture in his foot. Oh, wow. And I guess jumping out of a window and breaking your foot wasn't memorable enough for him to <laughs> tell us. <laughs> yeah, just another day at the office for Alan. You know. He said the other crazy thing listening to Andy's interview was when Andy talked about working at Joker's Comedy Club, he said after Andy left there, about six months later, he started working at Joker's Comedy Club. So, oh, cool. These, I don't even know if those guys knew that that happened, but you know, their whole history has been intertangled with each other. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, definitely. If we ever find ourselves in the situation like Stanley in UHF where he gets kidnapped, you know, if we get kidnapped by this rival Weird Al podcast, I am absolutely calling up Alan and Andy to come rescue us. Yes, and hopefully they bring as a supplies Alan's friend with the DeLorean and the guns and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so speaking of UHF, yesterday, July 21st, 2020, was the 31st anniversary of of UHF being released in theaters. Yay! Happy anniversary, UHF. I can't believe it's only been 31 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 31 great years. How should we celebrate? We should celebrate with a vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwich. Great idea! This week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped-in-a-quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at Burrito Squared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. But Dave, we have something else to celebrate. Yes, the fact that we have a brand new sponsor. Yeah, well, yeah and... Your birthday is Friday. Wow, I totally forgot. Hey, what did you get me? I got you, uh, um, uh, you see that package 
over there. It's covered in the happy birthday wrapping paper. It's sitting next to your solid gold throne where you record the podcast. Oh, yeah. I was wondering what that was. Well, it's a birthday gift from me. Well, me and our new sponsor, Angel Valenzuela. Well, thank you, Ethan and Angel. I can't wait to open it. Well, read the card first. Dear Dave. Aw, how sweet. Dave and kids just cannot resist a mouth-watering, lip-smacking taste of Mrs. Hockenberger's butter cookies. Oh boy! I love Mrs. Hockenberger's butter cookies! Oh man. What the heck are these? Oops! <laughs> it looks like Dave's been eating Angel Valenzuela's dog treats! That's right! Angel Valenzuela's dog treats. Your dog will love the real liver and tuna taste. <laughs> With just a hint of cheese. Anyway, please remember to call 347-SPATULA to leave Dave very special birthday wishes. Happy birthday, Dave! Thank you, Ethan. Thank you, Angel. That was disgusting, but thank you for the birthday gift. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ethan, what's happening in the world of Weird Al this week? Last Thursday, you and I and a bunch of Weird Al fans and friends, we got to watch for the first time Polly Esther's amazing one-woman show, Pollywood. Yeah, it was such a great show. You know, the first thing that I noticed as soon as she came on screen, she was wearing that Hollywood star pin that you created, Ethan. Yeah, I was so excited to see that. That was so cool. <laughs> and of course, as she talked about her journey of starting performing and doing these one-woman shows, and then when she got to talking about the Weird Al star, she of course gave a huge shout out to both Vicky and you, Dave. Yeah, it was very nice of her. I liked hearing my name. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't think I actually really had a, a conversation with her at the star ceremony, but her and I have gotten close since then. But I do remember her with her sign, and I remember seeing that and thinking it was so cool. So getting to finally hear the story was awesome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was the first time I heard that story in full as well. And I definitely recommend if she does this show again that our listeners tune in because it's a really good show. It was really great. I had a blast and I, I love checking out her talk back after and I loved every bit of the show. It was great. So yes, I agree, Dave. If you have a chance to check out Pollywood, check that out. And I understand you're going to be on Twitch this week. Yes, I am going to be a contestant on a game show hosted by puppets. <laughs> by puppets. Awesome. <laughs> it's called Fuzzball, the puppet game show. And they do this every week, Thursday at 830 Eastern, where they get two contestants and the game is like match game and the host and all the celebrities are puppets. So I am so excited. <laughs> this is going to be on Thursday, July 23rd, 830 p.m. Eastern. It's free to watch. You can go to twitch.tv slash electric city puppets and i will be a contestant and i hope i win i hope you win too and i hope you can give our podcast a shout out while you're on the game show i'll find a way to work it in <laughs> excellent <laughs> now this was also really exciting last week the 30 rock reunion premiered and in the first two minutes tina fey's character mentioned weird al it was awesome and not only that our friend UH Jeff was the first person to break the news. UH Jeff tweeted out, 
New At 30 Rock special featuring a weird At Al Yankovic reference in the first two minutes means 2020 is finally turning around, right? Right? Which then Al retweeted on Twitter. I love that UH Jeff broke the news. How cool is that? Just remember, UH Jeff, next time you put out a tweet that Al's going to retweet, remember to include hashtag Gil and Chill. That's right. You know what, UH Jeff? Just put hashtag Gil and Chill in all of your tweets, even if it's not breaking Weird Al news. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here is some disappointing Weird Al news. So, MXDWN.com reports that the new Phineas and Ferb movie that's premiering on Disney Plus called Candace Against the Universe will not feature a cameo from Weird Al as Milo Murphy, as that scene has been cut. Now, previously, our understanding was Al would be in the movie, but it sounds like we're just going to have to wait for the DVD or Blu-ray release. You know who else Candace Against the Universe will not feature a cameo from? Both Dave and Ethan as well. Yeah, you know, not only was our scene cut, it was never written. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Phineas and Ferb, get with it. A while back, we reported that the Weird Al album Bad Hair Day went double platinum. Well, Jim Kimo West, he just posted a picture over on his Facebook where he showed off his double platinum award. It just arrived and it looks beautiful. I agree, Dave. It's pretty stinking majestic. I love how the Al cover art is cut out. I love how there's a picture of the band in there. The interesting thing about the award was Bad Hair Day was not released on vinyl until Squeezebox, yet the award actually has two vinyl LPs on it. (laughs) I love it. Well, maybe they just sold two million copies of Squeezebox and we just didn't realize it. (laughs) I don't think they printed anywhere near two million copies. In other chemo news... Jim Kimo West has released a brand new single on all the major streaming and music services, including his website, jimkimowest.com, and that is a cover of Sting's classic song, Fragile. It is beautiful. you got to check that out. Oh, interesting. That's the second time he's covered Sting's music. The first time, of course, being with King of Suede. Very cool. Check that out today. And be sure, as we always say, to subscribe to Jim's newsletter by going to jimkimowest.com. Whether it's a cover of Sting's music or not, I love everything that Grammy-nominated musician Jim Kimo West puts out, even our very own Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast theme song. When you think of the film UHF, it's hard not to think of Spatula City and, of course, Gandhi too. but it's especially difficult not to think of wheel of fish yes i love wheel of fish and growing up that scene has been a favorite for my family especially my dad because he loves sushi so he loves everything about wheel of fish and every time he orders sushi he always gets red snapper and he always looks at me (laughs) and he says red snapper very tasty (laughs) so so excited for our guest this week. For years, people have been calling our next guest stupid, but we think she is anything but. She is one of Tulsa's favorite live theater performers, but we, Weird Al fans, we know her as Phyllis Weaver from the iconic Wheel of Fish segment in UHF. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa Robertson-Stefanik. 
Yes, thanks for joining us. Now, Lisa, right off the bat, I got to ask you, are you at all offended by people constantly calling you stupid? Um, no, um, because, you know, if it went on more often than it did, I might have gotten kind of ticked. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I get it, you know, it's, it's a label that they can identify with. And when they do it, it's with uh, humor and, and love. You know? Oh, yeah, no, it's with love. I, definitely, I mean, I've been to a lot of Weird Al concerts where they play this clip, and I've been to some even live, you know, shadow cast type of UHF performances, and everyone always yells stupid <laughs> at the appropriate moment, you know, and I feel bad for you. Oh, so thanks. That, <laughs> that they do realize that you are just playing a character and you, Lisa, are not at all. <laughs> well, I never thought so. But I do have to say, you know, after shooting eight hours and being called stupid, <laughs> just for a moment you question, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they weren't talking about me. <laughs> now, Lisa, if Wheel of Fish was a real show and you were on the show as yourself, Lisa, and you were presented with that same quandary, would you have chosen the box or would you have stuck with the Red Snapper? Oh, I probably would have stuck with the Red Snapper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't trust the show. <laughs> You've been redeemed. <laughs> Now, an earlier version of the script actually had Swordfish instead of Red Snapper. Do you recall what your version of the script had said? I do recall. Uh, actually, I'm thinking back at when I auditioned. I think it did say Swordfish in the uh, audition. Hmm. But uh, I don't know why. I mean, Red Snapper is funnier. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> You know? yeah, I agree. I agree. That's the right choice, switching it to Red Snapper. I was wondering maybe if whoever was uh, putting the props out that day could not find a swordfish maybe for the wheel. Well, and that could be true, too. You know, that long snout probably could have gotten in the way when they spun that sucker. Yeah. <laughs> now, I understand those were actual live fish on that wheel. Oh, my God. Or, or real, real fish, not live, they, obviously. They were real fish, and they did some close-up stuff, and then they broke, you know, took a break, and they they started putting the fish on that wheel. And I looked to the guy to my, I guess he was in the center, yeah. I can't remember his name right now. I love you. But <laughs> it, it, they started drilling holes in their head to get him to stay on there. <laughs> try to spin it a couple of times since it was like heavier yeah and when i first spun it all this fish jizz just flew everywhere oh, oh no i never considered that nasty. and i i backed away you know oh. <laughs> like, how am i getting that stuff on me <laughs> and then you you put that in with about oh six hours under hot lights um, oh. When I went home that night, I thought I was going to get mugged by cats. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I think you've sort of said it without without saying it, but there was a pretty bad smell in that studio. Yeah, yeah. It started getting uh, yeah, and at one point, I think the director said, "Jay, this is like, can we turn the lights off for a few minutes?" <laughs> <laughs> oh. and we're all like. We're cool with that. 
Now, I was wondering, when you filmed it, was the audience in there, or were you guys filming without the audience? The first half of the day was without the audience. Okay. And, and the second half was with the audience. They, they brought them in. So it's like, now we get to do it all over again. <laughs> it was a very interesting process. Um, I've done indie films, and this was the first um, SAG film I was ever in. So uh, it was very interesting. Yeah. And there, there is, you know, with film, a lot of hurry up and wait. And um, I think it, I think we, it's like, you don't get lunch until we get this right. No. <laughs> we did that, and then we took a lunch break, and then came back, and then they added the audience. Okay. Um, now, did they serve fish for lunch? Oh, my God, no. Um, <laughs> I think I had a salad. <laughs> but it was really sweet. You know, I got to, um, I sat with the at the table with the principal. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really funny. Um David Bowe was there, and um, Al, and I can't remember who else. Was it Tony Geary? I can't remember everybody, because it was a round table that sat maybe eight, you know, one of those big mm-hmm. round tables. And I'm just listening, you know, to them yeah. talk about that and the other, and a lot of it was, uh, was you know, shop talk. And then behind me comes this voice, and it says, Hi, you guys, look, I got the pictures back from this weekend. And it was Victoria. And she sat down next to me, and she goes, hi, I'm Victoria. I said, well, hi, you know, I'm Lisa. And they evidently the weekend before, they had all gone to Grand Lake. Someone had loaned the company their cabin Hmm. and boat. Well, you would have thought they died and gone to heaven. It was like Disneyland to them. And they were going, (laughs) oh, my gosh, you only live an hour from this lake, and you can get a boat and, you know, on and on. And I'm like, mm, yeah, but you guys got the beach, yeah. you know. <laughs> I think it all evens out in the wash. Um, but they were so excited, and, and she had, like, this stack of pictures she was showing. So they were commenting and talking about their weekend, and it was just fun listening to them uh, reminisce about their weekend. Wow. And I'm kind of going, oh, the big deal is the lake smells just like those fish, you know. And <laughs> times would you estimate during the day did you spin the wheel of fish i honestly couldn't say there were so many uh could have been i don't know if they kept i'm sure they kept some outtakes um i think one time i spun it and the fish came loose like that you know and um a lot of the times you know i I spin it, it stops at the red snapper, and then um, Getty jumps off the little pedestal thing and jumps next to me. Well, I can't tell you how many times he jumped and landed on my foot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, no. And it was like, ow, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then he'd just be like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he goes, I'll try it again. And, uh, and then, of course, one time he jumps and he's looking down as he jumps. So that wasn't a good right. day. <laughs> so we had to kind of work that out. So I just figured, you know, when he jumped, I moved my right foot. I just moved it. <laughs> That's a good idea. I thought, we're going to save some time here, you know. So we did that. But and then but sometimes he would land and he lost his balance. <laughs> well, it was... <laughs> 
Oh, I honestly can't tell you how many, but it was it was a lot. It was a lot. It, I tell you what, it was so much that there was no more fish jizz when you spun it around. <laughs> now, was the wheel rigged to land on Red Snapper, or did they, you know? As I recall, I think there was someone standing uh, behind it. Okay. And they had it marked, you know, where the red snapper was. Okay. So they, yeah, they, they stopped it. But they had to make it look like it was spinning around. And right. one time, it was way off the mark. And the guy the guy back there was like, slowly kept turning it. It was like, oh, if the wheel was not turning. I mean, there was just so many funny things that, that happened like that, little things like that. That, you know, I mean, that's. That's what you deal with. <laughs> and I heard about children and dogs. Never thought about, you know, putting fish in there. Too. <laughs> now, at the beginning of the scene, as you're approaching the wheel, Cooney does jump down next to you, and your flinch is very realistic. Are you actually flinching, or is that just your acting at work? Um, I was, I was acting with that. Um, I, I thought the funny one was when he very first jumped on my foot. That reaction was pretty good. <laughs> Couldn't use it. <laughs> I wish they used that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was funny, but uh, no, that was just being in the moment. You right. know. Wow. Going with the flow. Bravo! <laughs> Great performance. <Thank> God. <laughs> Did you originally audition for the role of Phyllis Weaver? No. Um, the audition, it was kind of interesting, and I always tell my um, acting students uh, about, you know, when you're auditioning, I use this as a really good example of just being there and being prepared for anything. I went in, and I read a, um, a side from the script, and I was supposed to be Victoria Jackson's girlfriend. Oh. And so we went ahead and did that one. Um Someone sat off, you know, camera and read Victoria's part, and we did that. And uh, maybe, maybe twice, he, you know, Jay Levy directed me to do something, so we read it. And but then it's like all of a sudden they became these different people. And I'm like, okay, just put that script down because we got something else we want you to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, okay. So and and Al was like, no, really, just throw the script down. I want to see you just throw the script. So I threw the script down <laughs> before. And um, then they fed me the lines of what they wanted me to say and all of that. And, um, you know, I I listened to them and I got the gist of what they wanted. And I guess I, guess I did what they wanted, wanted to see and hear. <laughs> so there you go. But, no, you can't get freaked out over stuff like that. I feel like the role of Victoria's girlfriend, I don't even know if that made the cut of the film. I, I can't even think of who oh, that no. would have been. No. She, no, she's nowhere to be seen. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't get that. She's still on that floor in yes. the hotel where I auditioned. <laughs> Going, what happened? <laughs> All right, this is kind of a personal question, and I apologize in advance, but in the film... Your character is up to win her weight in fish. And, you know, this was, you know, over 30 years ago. Do you have any memory and are you willing to let us know how much you weighed back then for movie accuracy? I was 
and I'm and I'm not that far off. I'm still way close to. I was probably about a hundred and thirty-two, hundred and thirty-five, somewhere in there. I mean, that's a lot of fish. <laughs> that is a lot of fish. <laughs> the thing is, personally, I don't like fish that much. <laughs> <laughs> no. Have you ever eaten red snapper, though? Um. I had a bite of it one time. My husband ordered it. <laughs> we were laughing about it. And I, he goes, oh, come on, come on. It's fine. I'll take a bite of fish for old Lang Syne. <laughs> it was okay. It was okay. Okay. It wasn't very tasty? <laughs> yeah, very tasty. <laughs> so you're on the set, you said, for about eight hours. Um, were you there for any other scenes? Did you get to watch anything else get filmed? Um, I watched, yes, I, I went up to, um, I can't, why did I go back up there? They, they filmed it in this, um, shopping mall that had been vacated, um, I can't remember the particulars on why, but, um, anyway, they, they were building, you know, interior sets in there, and I'd Mm -hmm. gone up to... Clarify something, I think, with my check or something. And um, they were getting ready to film this scene. And uh, I, uh, what was her name? Kathy McHenry, I think, was the casting director. Anyway, she said, yeah, if you want to go out there, you know, Al's out there. And, and if you want to go watch the scene. And I was like, well, yeah, sure, I got time to kill, you know. So <laughs> I went out there and, and watched it. And... <laughs> it was, and it didn't make it into the show, but okay. I think it was supposed to be on a TV in the background. Okay. But it, it was called Those Darn Homos. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's on the outtakes if you buy the DVD, I think. <laughs> but it was it was fun sitting there watching it and just listening because you know i don't think jay was there i think it was the what do they call it the not the second crew but um somebody else was there just to do it because it was a real quick yeah you know thing Uh (laughs) but uh al was there and uh i I walked over and he remembered me obviously from lunch (laughs) (laughs) and he said um he goes he just kind of patted the bench next to him and said sit so we sat and we had the most lovely conversation um since you know he he did parodies well i grew up with and i don't know you guys are so young uh stan freeberg and alan sherman of course yeah and, oh yeah very familiar with that both of them okay <laughs> great yeah they were kind of the forerunners stan freeberg really before alan sherman but as a kid my parents uh i had very progressive parents my dad was a an ex-musician, drummer. Um, he just had to get a real job to raise three girls. But um, we, I listened to all kinds of music. You know, I was very, very fortunate. And Alan Sherman was one of them, which, you know, ruined a lot of songs for me because I only knew his lyrics, not the real lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Alan and I, you know, we talked about that and uh, shared, you know, swap stories about all that. And so that was really nice. And I just, thought he was so kind and so sweet to talk and i mean we just talked like you know we were buds Mm -hmm. and 
He was so sweet. And then when he, uh, and I don't know if you were going to ask questions about this later on, so I don't want to get too far into it, but we, you know, we had a reunion, the 25th reunion here a couple of years ago mm-hmm. here in Tulsa. And uh, I was talking to him, and it's just like, I don't know if you remember me. He goes, Lisa, of course I remember, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, Al. <laughs> That's so, so awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, who else was at the reunion? Um, Let's see. The kid that was in the oatmeal. Bin, <laughs> oh, yeah. Only he was grown up. And I told him, I said, that was one of the, I said, I just laughed so hard when I first saw that. <laughs> and then the gal that played his mom was there. And she told a funny story about having to hold the kids' pants up while they would, you know, because he'd stand up and all of that gooky oatmeal was clinging to him. <laughs> oh, no. And it would pull his britches down. <laughs> and she said, I kind of had to, you know, she finally put her fingers through the loops on his little jeans, you know, <laughs> and just had to kind of hold them up so he didn't moon the camera. So, uh, so that was kind of funny. And let's see i don't know if the father in spatula city i i don't know i i think he's still around but um someone from spatula city was there too can't remember but it was fun that sounds amazing (laughs) well it was and and we um we have a an old art theater called the circle cinema and they redid it so there's basically three theaters and it was really nice the way they had it set up. They had um, they viewed the movie, and then they had um, one theater where they were interviewing some people. Oh, Barry Friedman was there. He was one of the three guys that uh, talked with R.J. You know, in the mm-hmm. in his office. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And actually, he he was the funniest of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one that's like when. The, the guy with the mustache, I can't think of his name. But he was like, oh, let me out, let me out. We had Barry just <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> but Barry also was a big good friend of mine, but he, he's pretty funny. Um, so he was there. So, yeah, John Willie, um, a writer here in town, he would interview in one theater. Someone else was in another theater, so we rotated. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. Around, so it was very well organized. I thought very cool. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, Al and I were standing there waiting for our turn to go on, and <laughs> yeah, it was really great. Have you been in the audience for a screening where people are, you know, chanting along and yelling, "The box, take the box," you know, that kind of stuff? <laughs> you know, I haven't. I, I kind of maybe would like to do that. At some yeah. Point. <laughs> <laughs> out of curiosity but the very first time i saw it after it was released um i cannot remember i guess it was work um my family went to visit my husband's family which is from st louis and i think they were gone because i was by myself and it was okay you know i just went and got my little bag of popcorn and kind of sat back <laughs> and watched it. And I, it was just, it was, it was so much fun. <laughs> and to listen to the audience laughing throughout the movie, yeah. you know, stuff. <laughs> and I know Al, uh, he said at the reunion, you know, 
we didn't quite know what we were doing and you know there were so many things I would have done differently and all of that but you know I think it it turned out the way it was supposed to turn out and uh, the audience embraces it so. oh yeah and they, they, they did from the get-go you know absolutely when you were filming it did you have any idea that it would go on to be such a cult classic that it is well you know I've thought about that um Maybe yes and no. If I had been on set more than than what I was to really get a feel of all the machinations that were going on, you know, to get this going, maybe. Um, but not really. I was so focused on just doing my job, right. you know, as the hired talent. But um, when it first came out, you know, people just kind of like, you know, eh. but the younger generation was just eating it up. And I remember my nephew, my nephew told me, he said, yeah, I went to the theater and I saw you, Aunt Lisa. He said, and I told my friends, you know, your picture of you and Wheel of Fish was there on the poster. I said, that's my aunt. And they wouldn't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just come to come on over to the house and I'll, I'll tell <laughs> But yeah, my kids, uh, all of them, they're adults now, but at one time or another, they had their friends talk to me because they wouldn't believe my kids. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yes, I mean, I'm my Phil daughter in New York. She moved up to New York about, ooh, gosh, eight years ago or so. And uh, they had they'd gone out with a bunch of friends after work, and they were at a bar, and she calls me, and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? She goes, they don't believe me that you, you know, did this. I said, put them on. <laughs> I will talk to them. Well, then I got three different pictures that they wanted autographs. Of that course. Was <laughs> that was very sweet. And, you know, just recently I got a, a letter with a couple of pictures from someone in Chicago. So asking that. And then I got an email about two weeks ago from a couple in Orlando, Florida, uh, about the movie. So oh, I don't know. Maybe people are listening to your podcast. What I was <laughs> Maybe. I don't know, but it's, it's, there's been a lull for quite a while, and now all of a sudden it's, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I don't know. But no, bottom line is I never would have thought it would be like it is today. I mean, that's a good point that you brought up because you're one of the few scenes that are actually on the movie poster. Your picture is right there in the bottom left corner of that movie poster. I know. Now, <laughs> so how many copies of the poster do you have hanging up in your living room? Um, honestly, just one. <laughs> I, I guess it. I became a hot commodity after a while. <laughs> But yeah, I, I did manage to uh, preserve one and, you know, frame it so it would stay in good shape. Very cool. So, yeah. But uh, fans have been very, very sweet and very generous in wanting autographs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Al gets that. Right, all of the time. right. <laughs> uh, even though I think sometimes he might, you know, it's like, but I'm also, I got a kid's book and I got this. <laughs> <laughs> but how wonderful is that for anyone to be able 
to do something like that once in their lifetime that made such a mark. Yeah. And you don't go out on purpose to do that. You've just got this earnestness about it all. And boom, you know, it, it happens. I mean, I would almost argue that it's one of the most iconic scenes of the film. I mean, you can't think of UHF and not think of Wheel of Fish. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was a great scene. It was a funny concept. They had so many. You know, I thought Spatula City cracked me up, too. Yeah. I thought, Spatula City. (laughs) (laughs) Just think about how silly that is. People loved it. They cracked up. It was just so much fun. You know, and the whole thing, which is kind of relevant today, is, you know, guns don't kill people. I do. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Now, you mentioned you haven't really been to a a screening since it, it came out like that. And I think I've said this on the podcast before, but one of, if not my favorite part of seeing the film with a live audience is the people reacting and, and saying you know take the box take the box that kind of stuff <laughs> so i've gotten to experience that a number of times and in his live concerts on tours al has played that clip between songs and that whole audience joins in and starts screaming take the fish take the box it is just so much fun oh, really yeah <laughs> well al where are my residuals for that <laughs> <laughs> something came up and I couldn't go but somebody I think somebody did tell me that wow I (laughs) wish I'd known (laughs) were you friends with anyone else who had a role in the film let's see Barry I know I've known Barry since college um another the guy that wore the cowboy hat with the mustache Mm -hmm. um uh, another one of the minions um yeah done a show (laughs) with him Kevin Kevin that's his name Kevin Mm -hmm. I uh, did not know the third guy. Let's see. Uh, the guy that was the dad in Spatula City, I know I'd, I'd meet him at auditions. Yeah. Um, or <laughs> 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 there's some, some of us that would run into each other. Um trying to think if there's, I don't know that there's anybody else. Um, there were a lot of people that were extras, you know, that I knew. Oh, yeah. In it. Um that had gone to do it and just, you know, had fun. And that was the beauty of it. You know, Jay was so great in letting people have fun. Yeah. And again, that's why it works instead of, no, you know, do it this and this and this. Then it's not genuine. Right. You know, it's right. not honest. And uh, they were really great. Al's always been kind of whimsical, you know, to me. And um, he allowed uh, everyone to be that way. And um, I, I just, you know, as, as a performer, I really appreciate that. Um, having that freedom to kind of have fun and experiment. Because, you know, like you said, that, that take I did, the flinch, I didn't know, um, after I did it for that split second, I thought, oh, was that too much? I don't know. <laughs> but nobody said anything, so I was trained, you know, no news is good news. It's a director. Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 
Now, my understanding is that you actually were wearing your own clothes for the scene? Yeah, and I still have the dress. You do? Um, <laughs> I do. Do you still wear it? <laughs> my kids wouldn't let me throw it away, yeah. Because well, thank they, goodness. Yeah, but they didn't now, you know. Yeah. I haven't worn it in a while. It's uh, it's so late 80s, early 90s, because let's see what, it came out in 89, yeah. So it's what they called a shirt dress, but... <laughs> Yeah, they suggested, um, you know, to, I think everybody for those um, smaller scenes did bring their own clothes. Yeah. And, you know, they do the hair and makeup. But, but <laughs> yeah, and I just thought, well, it, it was a pretty color and uh, one of my favorite colors, favorite dress. So <laughs> I'll just wear this. And they were like, oh, that'll be great. That'll be great. <laughs> I, felt, I knew that. <laughs> I'm so happy that you kept it. That, that belongs in the Smithsonian, I think. I agree, yes. <laughs> well, if they ever do anything for that movie, in that, I, I will probably donate it. So. <laughs> <laughs> for UHF. The UHF Museum. Contributions to society. <laughs> now, I also understand that a local Tulsa college does a UHF-themed telethon. Have you taken part in that ever? Yes, I did um, one year. Yeah, that's in um, Claremore, actually. It's at Rogers State College. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of funny because <laughs> they'd show it, you know, and then they'd take a break. And during the breaks, you know, they would go to us and ask us a question or mm -hmm. a comment, mm -hmm. you know. On what we thought. And it was fun. That and I fun. think raised money for their department, you know. So cool. Yeah, yeah. So... I, I I don't mind helping out in that way at all. So for education, I'm big on education. So Now, one thing I've always wondered is when the wheel starts spinning, I'm not sure what you're saying. I hear maybe, come on, bluefish, come to mama, come on. Or Do you know where you're seeing bluefish, big fish, one fish, two fish, red fish? You know? <laughs> really? <laughs> I went into my doctor's suit. No, um, I, uh, yeah, it was, they, they really wanted me to... Uh, some of the lines they gave me and kept giving me, and I thought, okay, you want me to say this, uh, was, uh, come on, fishy, come on, fishy, come to mama. That was it. Come to mama. <laughs> so I was like, fishy, fishy, come on, come on to mama. Oh, it's so great. And that was Jay's line. He was he really wanted me to say that. Yeah. Come to mama. <laughs> was Al on set when you were filming? No, he was not. But and when I was getting my uh, hair and makeup done, I saw Tony Geary. He popped by because he had some question for the gals. And then um, I had a glimpse of Michael Richards uh, before I left. I was through shooting. Yeah. And he was there for something. I don't know. Um, you know, and you think back, friend, Drescher, Richards, I mean, these people before they really hit it big, yeah. right before they really hit it big, and they were in that movie, so <laughs> it's just kind of funny, uh, the way it turned out. Yeah, how cool. So, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful memory, and every now and then, you know, I'll see it on TV, and <laughs> And I'll watch it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> watch it just because it's 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 uh, very affable and it's kind of 
charming and it's immature and it's, you know, it's just <laughs> earnest and it's, it's just all those things that, uh, that just kind of captures the, the human spirit. Even right. though it may be a simple story, it's a uh, global story, yeah. you know. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, however, the first movie set, I remember we were taking a break. They were changing the set. I think they were getting those stinking fish out and getting ready to drill them on the, <laughs> that, that wheel. And I was kind of getting a headache. And I just mentioned it out loud. And, man, the next thing I know, there was the set nurse with some aspirin. And I was like, oh, I could like this really easy. <laughs> this is kind of fun. <laughs> But it was, a, it was a, a great day, great memories, and I uh, was so grateful to be able to meet Al. And, you know, and I think if I ran into him somewhere, I, I think we could hit it off and start talking again. He's just that kind of a guy. Yeah. So. <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. This was just so much fun getting to hear about your experience playing Phyllis Weaver and spinning the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that nasty wheel um well thank you and thank you so much for having me on this was fun i enjoyed it a lot and and thank what? you guys for doing what you're doing it's great thank you so much to lisa r stefanik for that awesome interview we learned so much i'm amazed at how much she remembered from her time working on uhf Ethan, I thought Lisa was going to slap you through the phone when you asked her what her weight was. Don't you know you're never supposed to ask a woman what their weight is? I know, I know. I was so conflicted, but I, I tried to ask her very tactfully, and thankfully she gave us the answer. And it really, it filled in a very important fact that's been missing from UHF. How much fish could Phyllis Weaver have won had she not <laughs> taken the box? <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this game show. This game show is so interesting because it actually benefits the contestant to gorge themselves prior to the episode and weigh as much as possible because then they <laughs> maximize their potential winnings. <laughs> And I'm also, I'm wondering, what did she win? Because they say she's yesterday's champion. So I wonder how much fish she already has or how much nothing she already has. Right. Did she pick the box yesterday as well? <laughs> Stupid! She just keeps making the same mistake over and over again. I love that. Uh, that that's now headcanon for me. <laughs> okay. So according to Lisa, Phyllis Weaver weighed somewhere between 130. 32 and 135 pounds. So I looked up the going price of Red Snapper and it goes anywhere from $17 to $20 a pound. All right. So at minimum, how much would she have won? Let's assume that she weighed 132 pounds and she could get $17 a pound for Red Snapper. She would have taken in $2,244 worth of fish. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, if we assume she weighed the full 135. If she weighed the full 135 and she managed to get $20 a pound for her Red Snapper, she would have brought in, get this, $2,700. Wow, a 27 hidden all these years. <laughs> it only took 31 years for us to uncover this secret. <laughs> you know, each week we can bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Brito Brito and our new sponsor, Angel Valenzuela, and other amazing Patreon supporters like Calvin, Joe, and so many more. 
Patreon helps us pay the bills and ensures that we can continue doing what we love, and that's making fun, family-friendly, entertaining Weird Al podcasts for you each week. Please join us in thanking all of our supporters over on patreon.com slash 2000inch for making this podcast possible. And please consider joining our Patreon family for as little as a dollar per month. We also have sponsorship opportunities. You can be a sponsor just like Brito Brito and Angel Valenzuela. Another way to support our podcast is by purchasing merchandise from the official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast shop. Head over to shop.2000inch.com for those great items and more. And we just got really great pictures from a few of our listeners. Angel, our new sponsor, sent us a photo of his purple shirt with our logo on it. And UH Jeff got a Gilanchillo in that awesome pink color. So be sure to let us know when you get your merch in the mail and send us a picture or tag us because we love seeing those. They look so cool. Yeah, that purple logo shirt looks so awesome. And the Gilanchillo, those are always amazing looking. Remember to tag us or put it over in our Facebook group and we'll mention it on the air. Thanks again to Lisa Stefanik and all of our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters, and sponsors. And thanks to everyone who follows us at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's the number 2000 and the word I-N-C-H. Be sure to join our Facebook group by heading over to group.2000inch.com if you have not already. Be sure to do your part and tag fun, Weird Al, or podcast-related posts or breaking Weird Al news on social media using hashtag 2000inch and hashtag Gill and Chill. We're talking to you, UH Jeff. You can find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. Make sure you share our posts, tell your friends about the podcast, and we absolutely love it when you leave us a voicemail message on our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline 347 spatula. You might even hear your message on the air. And don't forget... Dave's birthday is coming up on Friday, so leave your birthday greetings by calling 347-SPATULA. You already know where to find us, but do yourselves a favor and head on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, or the podcast app of your choice and hit that subscribe button. This way you don't miss a single episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday, but bonus content can drop at any time, so you'll want to be subscribed so you get it immediately. No, these dog treats actually aren't that bad. You want some? That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 64-inch. Okay, Weaver, now listen carefully. You can hold on to your official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt available at shop.2000inch.com, or you can go for what's in the box that our intern Frank is bringing down the aisle right now. What's it going to be? Um, I'll take the box. The box. Give me the box. Okay, you took the box. Let's see what's in the box. <gasps> Nothing. nothing! Absolutely nothing! Oh, I fell for it again. Stupid! You're so stupid! <laughs> <laughs>